0: about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre abnormal or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. I'm
1: Ben. And it feels like I'm getting massaged by Wolverine from the inside. I have to say that line was in the first episode of the animated Spider-Mans we're discussing today. And that threw me for a loop. I was like, okay, that's an interesting thing, Spider-Man. But we are here to finish up our... Spider Man series, which we I guess have to figure out a name for, since it's the last kind of time it's relevant. I guess there might be one other time we can figure out the name for this, and that would be over on the Cinemodities Patreon, because uh, pretty close to the end of this month, we are going to be covering Into the Spider Verse on that uh, on our Cinemodities Patreon. So I think what are we down to two from all these weeks? We have Spider Man's Giving, and what was yours Ben? the Spectacular Spider Month? Yes. Know, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Ahem. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think Zach is sick. <laughs> Zach wants to call it like spider cough or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember your Zach. Did you have one
0: in the race still? <laughs> I still think into the spider cast is. Still... Oh, we're still go- okay. Yeah, that no. I'm we, still we... <laughs> carrying the torch. It's like just a like a, oh god, a flicker of a flame. that I have that. I'm just sprinting with it.
1: Uh, I thought That's- we nixed that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, this this might be, it's just, like I think I said, you know, one of the previous weeks that this might just be a series that... Um, it depends on who you talk to. You're going to get a different name for it. But at least they all involve Spider-Man, so at least people will know it's a Spider-Man series. I think that uh, we can leave it at that. Maybe those three choices, somebody reach out to us on the Reddit or something, and maybe Ben will will talk about it a little bit more on the Patreon. Now, before we get into uh, this episode a little bit more, there's something about the Patreon that uh, Ben and I would like to announce, and very neatly, um, if... You have never checked out the Cinemodities Patreon Uh, when you listen to this episode. We really recommend you do because as of now, as of the release of this episode, there are two... Public posts. That means anybody can download them on our Patreon. You don't have to be paying us to get these episodes. And they are special occurrences of something Ben and I did when we were hanging out together uh, earlier this year. And they are commentaries. Ben and I recorded some commentaries just to give it a shot. Um, They're a little loose. They're a little goofy. There's some breaks we took and I had to mess with the editing. Um, But we want to get some feedback. So we threw them up there for free. So head on over to our Patreon and check them out. Now, Ben, I'm kind of on the fence of if we want to say what we did commentaries for, because they might not be attractive to people. I don't know. What do you think?
2: (laughs) Uh, To be honest, Rob, I'm a little foggy on what we
1: did. (laughs) Yes, I'm a lot foggy, I have to say.
2: (laughs) But I, all I can say is that that getting these for free is basically a steal. So,
1: yes, yes, so yeah, let's leave it at that. Let's even keep Zach in the dark because I don't think we've told Zach what we did commentaries for. Um, nothing you'd be excited about those for, for Zach. But, yeah, check out the Patreon. Download these. Give them a listen. You know, watch along uh, as you listen to our commentary. And any feedback you have, anybody can listen to these. I, yeah. I
2: actually have some feedback. My foggy joke was really good, but you <laughs> won't know that unless you watch, unless you listen to these. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. That you'll understand the, the fog reference, the fog. <laughs> um, but yeah, check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes, all that stuff, as always. Check out the Patreon. And if you like what you hear, you can even subscribe and get more episodes. Anything else about the Patreon I missed? I think that was all we had to say about the commentaries, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if you
2: guys like those, we do want to hear any kind of feedback you have about them. Uh, it is a possibility that we would create more of these and that these would be some kind of off-Patreon, one-time purchasable content or something like that. So, um, yeah, we want to know what you what you guys think, and we were, were happy to make them. They were a lot of
1: fun, and we're just not really sure if we should make more. Exactly, exactly. So, I guess that brings us to the topic at hand. We are discussing animated Spider-Man. Of course, we have some episodes that we're going to dive into. Um, And there's a good bit of them and they kind of jump around series and and different, you know, seasons within those series. So I will put that in the show notes as as well in case anybody wants to, you know, check them out on Disney Plus or if they have old animated Spider-Man. But I guess the best place to start is these are these is the roots of Spider-Man for all three of us. Right. Like like we all grew up watching the these early 90s and like cartoons. Is that right? Uh,
2: And it's correct for me.
0: Um, Yeah, definitely. I am pretty sure. Um, the '90s series is the very thin foundation for my appreciation of Spider-Man. I think I mentioned it in the Raimi episode that I have toys from that, yet no real recollection of re- watching it into, like in the uh, lead up to Spider-Man Two in 2004.
1: Right on, right on. Yeah, this is this is where I first found out about Spider-Man. I remembered the you know, the animation style, the uh, the the intro of the ninety four series when I went back and watched these episodes. It started off fun and then it kinda of got a little grating, the kid show aspect of this. But this is my trans transition into the fact that I am so glad to have both Ben and Zach here because there was some shifting around of schedules. Zach couldn't make it one night, but he was like, Oh, you Ben you and Ben do it and I was like, No, Zach, I really want to have you on. I really wanted to have all three of us on because I don't think I have much to say about animated Spider-Man. I kind of just watched these episodes with my eyes glazed over and I could see where they were reusing animation and dialogue to save money and how every episode is basically people run into each other and then run away from each other and nothing really happens. So... So, guys, I want you to gush over the animated Spider-Man. I, I wanted to know from both of you, do you guys still go back and watch this? Like, Ben, do you ever, like, throw this on, like, n- not for this recording or anything, but, like, throw it on in the background and, like, ever revisit this type of stuff? Uh, I can I can definitely say that
2: this is the first time I've revisited 90s Spider-Man since I was a kid.
1: Oh, wow, okay. Um,
2: that being said, I I do occasionally revisit the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series from around the same time. Uh um, ah, okay. That, in my opinion, held up better, although maybe not as well as as I wanted it to. <laughs> sure. uh, but but no, my unfortunately uh, it took and, and I did try to watch all these episodes twice. It was it was kind of tough and I don't know that I achieved it entirely, uh, but I, I will say that it took until watching the first episode for the second time after having watched everything else. For the feelings of nostalgia to really hit me, it'd be like, oh, this is definitely the stuff I watched as a kid. But yeah, I think the first time watching it, I was just kind of overwhelmed by like, there's a scene where Morbius and, and uh, someone named Deborah are walking. And the stuff they do with, with the uh, quote unquote camera is so disorienting <laughs> because they were, I like you said, reusing animation to save money. So like we get like a, an overhead scene. And then it jumps to them talking and then an overhead scene again. And I'm just like, what are they doing to me?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Zach, what about you? I, I I know you were with the Disney Plus when I um was watching this on Disney Plus. It looked like you had at least watched a good bit of episodes of this animated Spider-Man. Or am I was I just am I misremembering that?
0: Oh, no, not at all. No, I oh, God, for uh, there. I think we mentioned this a little bit like we did Unsolved Mysteries. Um, There was a website called iOffer, which was great for having, like, bootleg media. And I, I forever, I had a link, like, saved as a bookmark for years. Where, like, somebody had the complete series on Blu-ray for, like, $20. And I always kept putting it off. And then, like, iOffer, like, cleaned its like, act up and stopped doing things like that. Um, No, like, I, I've always um loved the show. Like, my first instance of even being introduced to it, um, beyond, obviously, like, as a child, like, having toys for it, which I have no memory for. Was when Ben Affleck Daredevil came out, I remember like seeing commercials for a DVD called Spider Man versus Daredevil, and I'm like, oh, that looks cool. And like, I got the DVD, and I remember like, oh god, like it was, it was my mother's to substitute at this school that I wasn't even involved with, and occasionally, like that's when I was being homeschooled. So like, I would go there and do my own schoolwork, and like, I told the kids I had this DVD, and they were all just like, like enthralled. They're like, oh my god, what happens? And then like like I said, in the lead up for Spider-Man 2 on ABC Family, I used to play this every morning, I think from eight to nine. And I ate it up. Like the episodes were very like disjointed. Like they never followed through like in their story arcs. Mm-hmm. So like one more it was always an hour block from eight to nine. So like you'd have two episodes, that like it would skip ahead, it would skip back. Um I remember a lot of Madam Webb in that like era of syndication. Um then I think at one point in the late two thousands it was on Hulu. And I tried watching it, and it was like, and that was back like when like TVs having streaming wasn't really a thing. So like you'd like plug like an HDMI HG, yeah, HDMI cord into your computer, and then like when like I got Disney Plus last year, like I really like watched the first season. and I had so much fun. Like I I, I ate it up after really not thinking about this show for uh, a decade. Um, no, so I've revisited quite a lot, but in very specific instances, usually for one episode or another. Um, I remember there was also another DVD they did called, like, The Venom Saga, where it was all the Venom episodes in, like, I think summer 2005 they released. And that's kind of it. Like, that's like, – I, I was always enamored with this show. Like, I agree with a lot of what Ben was, was saying, so that you can see where the seams are. Yeah. Um, there's some very wonky things at times, just how they produced this. But you could tell they were working on, on a budget. Uh, But no, I've always been enamored with this. Um, Seems just an all. Okay, right on. Well, I I guess, you know, as
1: we get into it, uh, I'll explain, you know, uh, more of the issues I had with this. Um, But to be fair, I know it's a kid's show. Um, I I was trying to remember, Zach, um, is this the only other kid's show we've done than Sophia the First? i i i guess we did thomas the tank engine oh yes that's right that's right okay okay um thomas tank engine was good i was gonna i i am still gonna say uh this is no sophia the first (laughs) yes rob this is definitely better i had a very uh, that had a a very special place in my heart sophia the first but um i haven't watched that in in many years at least at least two (laughs) so um like Zach and Ben just said, you know, uh, they had some uh, nostalgia for this type of stuff. And they were the ones who, when I asked, well, like, what the hell should we do for animated Spider-Man? Because there's so much of it. They seem to keep trying to, you know, reboot it in some way or another. Um, but we're kind of starting from the the one from our childhood. So Spider-Man 1994, Spider-Man the Animated Series. Um, there, Ben picked the, the Morbius and Blade arc. I think very appropriately since we're getting Jared Leto playing Morbius sometime i don't know when that movie is scheduled for um but that Early is 2022
2: i think okay so
1: so next who year knows. okay so so that's um season two episodes six through ten um you don't really need to watch eight i put eight on in the background like morbius is in it for like a scene and it's more about dealing with man spider um but then also season four episodes six and seven so i figured we'd start there I just I was actually surprised when you said this Ben that you you hadn't revisited this in so long because when we were brainstorming what to talk about you were like immediately you know you remembered some arcs from these things so did it really like stick with you that big since you were a kid Uh
2: well you know I I loved the uh the Blade movies as a kid
1: Oh okay And okay. then
2: and then um I think I saw the the Blade Spider-Man stuff again at least after i had seen the blade movie so and so i was like oh this is great like blade is in spider-man and i and i loved that so i mean that stuck with me really well um and then of course you know the stuff around blade being in spider-man i remembered very well as as well you know morbius and Even to the point that I I remembered the uh, suction cups on his hand, which disturbed me a lot more as an adult than they did as a child.
1: Oh, okay. That he's like, he's eating plasma through his hands. I actually found that um, having Morbius eat plasma through his hands and the decision to. Only say he's eating plasma like he never says he eats blood. That was a censorship decision. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know, Uh, so I'm expecting Jared Leto will not be sucking plasma through his hand in the um, in the live action movie.
2: (laughs) Uh, Definitely. Yeah, I, I definitely suspected that while watching it, that that was the case. Um I, f- I figured maybe the neck biting was was too much for a kids show.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly what I found, and um, and it's it's kind of weird though that they the, the censorship decision was well, no neck biting, totally get that, but then the decision to say plasma instead of blood, but only in reference to what Morbius is eating, because the word blood is used in this arc in the Spider Man animated series, like he calls him Blood Bag or something like that. Spider Man calls him Blood Bag or something like that. So it's a it was yeah. a very interesting choice of like terminology and where they could use terminology
2: well they, they i mean they they make references to peter parker's blood
1: yes yes
2: for during the neogenics you know part of it where where morbius is trying to figure out he's he like sees parker's blood and he's like oh this could give someone superpowers i have to beat him
1: <laughs> yes. and
2: uh and i was like i'm i fucking it's surprising that morbius can tell from looking at his blood i guess that his blood could give people superpowers but uh, but no, I, I I definitely found it strange as well. I I suspect that it's just the reference to eating that was the problem. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. Something that's what it about seems. consuming blood or human tissue or or you know, not tissue, but but uh, human substance. I don't know.
1: Yes, yes. So so I guess um you know something to to, to talk about. I mean I I can't imagine. Because I, I don't really want to. If you guys want to, I mean, feel free. I, are we going to go through this, like, scene by scene? We can't. It's it's, it's too dense and it's too, like, like, repetitive and stuff like that. I guess what I wanted to ask is, you know, since we're going back to our childhoods, one of the questions we, you know, asked in the first three weeks of this, is this your Spider-Man? And I, I kind of have to say, I when I was watching this animated series, the 1994 one, Spider-Man was quippy, he had to, there were some neat storylines, it was a kid's show, so it was a little repetitive, and they kept reminding us of things, and I had some issues. But I really liked this Spider-Man, and Peter Parker. Um, I, I thought he, he worked really well, and you know, maybe it's nos- the nostalgia in the back of my head. But um, I don't know, what did you guys think? Is this uh, When nostalgia hit you back, is this your Spider-Man?
2: I, I would, the, the biggest problem I had with this version of Spider-Man is that he is built like a bodybuilder. I I don't understand why that was the choice they made when animating him that like, if you look at like the Miles Morales comics, like he's built like a scrawny teenager. This Spider-Man is built like, uh, like a grown ass man, I Mm -hmm. guess is, is, so I thought that was a little weird. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, definitely the behavioral, like the quirks this is probably where I got my like sense of who Spider-Man's supposed to be. And it's. I, I would say like I, I think I probably mentioned that Tom Holland is is up there for me in the live action Spider Man. I guess race, if you will, uh to decide who's my <laughs> Spider Man. But sure. but I uh I, I think that the reason Tom Holland is up there for me is that he does emulate a lot of the parts of this '94 Spider-Man that I that I liked.
1: Oh, that, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I I was thinking of while watching the um the animated series this this Morbius arc that this was definitely like the quippiness that you've been talking about in the Spider-Man that you like. I think it's the first episode when Morbius you know turns into into the living vampire. Spider-Man says something when Morbius disappears, like "Where'd that refugee from the Rocky Horror Picture Show go?" And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I don't know if like. Kids are going to understand that. Um, there's also, at one point, J. Jonah Jameson says, like, Morbius looks like an extra from an Anne Rice novel, and I'm like, what child would know that Anne Rice wrote Interview with the Vampire? <laughs> 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 but I, I I liked it. I thought it was quippy. Um, I, I have, I, there's some lines I have written down also. This whole show was really quippy. When, what, everybody's against Spider-Man, they think Spider-Man's bad in this arc for, you know, whatever reason, and when Spider-Man shows up, someone says, hey, Spider-Man, can I get an autograph? If you get the chair, it'll be worth a fortune <laughs> and <laughs> i'm right. just like that's that's a little dark for a kid show but i i appreciate it you know zach what do you think is this is this your spider-man i guess
0: um no i agree the peter parker has that like build of like a bodybuilder but i think that has to do with one of the reasons why this show existed And from what I can tell, this is another another Avi Arad project. Oh, yeah. Because I found a quote from him saying, I only want this show because I want to sell toys. Oh, man.
1: When we switched between the two animated series we're talking about, I have a great Avi Arad research thing that I found.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. And and that's the reason why. Because, like, it's funny. I still have – I I, I have no memory of getting this, but, like, a 1990 series uh, Peter – not Peter Parker, Spider-Man toy. And he has that physique. And i think oh. that's what this is i think it was the toys came first and you designed the tv show characters around the merchandise yes um yes, that's course. why i think and i and i think that's why all these characters like both the like the villains especially are so pulpy looking because they are supposed to be colorful and make you want to say okay i see this character let me go buy the toy for
1: Oh yeah, uh, something that we've talked about. I don't. I'm sure it came up at least once in in this series, but I know Zach. We've mentioned it before. Uh, the concept of making things toyetic. When the Punisher shows up in this arc and he has his what is he? he's like battle van escape tactic go. I'm just like that is a commercial for the Punisher in a van that shoots guns out of its roof. I was like, we just watched a commercial for a toy. <laughs> Definitely. Battle van escape tactic go. Oh, but yeah, and it, I, I love that van, though. I, I
0: have to say, <laughs> I would have bought that toy if I was a kid, probably. <laughs> but this is the sort of thing that that I, I don't want to say this is my like definitive Spider-Man, but I think the culture is missing something like this now. Like the whole point of like that's why why Spider-Man has the second most popular Rose Gallery outside of Batman. And you have to admit, the same thing kind of happened with Batman with his animated series, in that like it was watching a show feels like playing with toys. And I don't mean that like in a cynical way. Mm-hmm. I mean that in the most positive way possible because it feels like just the adventure is like on your TV screen, any moment it can leap off and you can be emulating it or creating your own adventure.
1: Yeah. Didn't we say that back in Speed Racer, the three of us, we were like cars in Speed Racer move like a kid playing with Hot Wheels or something like that. <laughs>
0: uh, definitely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm Actually, I can't believe I didn't think of this now that you brought it up, Zach, Batman, the animated series. That is one I also watched as a kid, and that's another one I actually do go back and watch now as an adult sometimes, and I like that a lot better. I got to check out some of those episodes, maybe to compare. But yeah, I, I was one. That's an interesting idea. Why I like that more than I I liked
0: this type of stuff. But that's it's interesting comparison because the like ninety Spider-Man is there like in the culture, and but in a more subtle way than I think Batman animated series is. We're obviously now like. Because of Harley Quinn, like, all everybody does is talk about how great that TV show is. Yeah, oh, Mark Hamill is the Joker is a huge part of that legacy. That, that too. And I I think there's so many things in this that just kind of, like, made these characters, like, especially, I would say more the villains. Like, I don't think you get the explosion of Venom as a popular character to, like, the levels that, like, they're still reaping to this day without this series. I think they, they nailed Venom, and uh, to a lesser extent, Carnage, because we didn't talk about those episodes. I'm sorry, we didn't uh, view them. But I think Venom, I think there's a reason why that character is still so popular, because it's 90s series, because Venom has never really been done. And maybe, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Venom's portrayal in this series, Rob, but probably Ben is. Venom is done pretty accurately in this series, right, Ben? D-
2: uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's there's the whole arc with Symbiote Spidey in this series that's... That's really good, and then we have the thing in the with the church bell, like getting the symbiote off of Spidey, uh, you know. And I, I could be getting the details wrong because I'm I'm remembering all, all this from when I watched it as a kid. But I I loved Symbiote Spidey in this series, and um and then of course the resulting Venom character as well.
0: Plus, even I think I there's a there's because again, much like uh, what happened with Morbius and Blade. The uh, Venom, uh, the symbiote saga is like split up into two different, two or three different like little mini arcs. Mm-hmm. And I know in one of the latter ones, like it's, you have Venom and Carnage doing something and uh, Iron Man and War Machine are there and you get like Tony Stark. And it was the idea like these characters were kind of just like would show up for the week and they would disappear. And I think that is another one of those things where this laid the groundwork for being like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if this was just one big universe and the characters kind of, the characters just kind of came and went. Um, There was no rhyme or reason as to when they could show up the uh the episodes before the ones we watched actually involved the x-men. <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly. I, I when
1: I saw that previously on from uh, of season 2 episode 6 and he's like Spider-Man goes to Dr. Doc, uh, or Professor X and I'm just like, "Oh, wow, okay, you know, so they got everybody." And then as I watched these episodes, you know, these what uh six episodes or something, I was like, "Man, they're cramming in so many characters, probably for the the toyeticness of it, like we've been saying." But it was still really cool to see this stuff like when the Punisher showed up, I was just like, huh, that, that's neat. I haven't seen an animated Punisher, you know, maybe ever in my life.
2: <laughs> the, um, at, at least from what I remember as a kid, the, the animation from the X-Men crossover is actually very similar to the animation in the X-Men TV show that was on around the same time. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. I, I never did look into it, but I, I always assumed that it was actually a crossover event and not um, just the introduction of characters that, that. Otherwise, didn't have their own TV show, but again, I I could be wrong about that.
1: No, I mean, I would totally believe that because you know, if they got these two shows running, um, you know, concurrently or whatever, they do a crossover, and all the people who have only watched X Men, they go, "Who's this? Let me buy those toys." And all the people who only watch Spider Man go, "Who's the X Men? Let's buy those toys."
2: Right? Yeah, the X Men TV series was running. I think it started in 1992, is what I'm seeing.
1: Okay, so yeah, that's earlier than this. Yep, yep. Okay, I'm I'm glad we mentioned the year because, like we said, this is the 1994 series. Um, this is, this is a true, like just New York fact or fact uh, relating to New York that I absolutely love. Of course, they're getting ready for this show. They're, um, they're, you know, preparing to give the episodes for the first season to, um, Fox Kids, that type of stuff. Um, one of the animation teams was based in California and it was one of the animation teams that was, uh tasked with working on backgrounds for New York City. And so one of the things that they started to do was put together the New York City skyline and and many places back in the early 90s, when you looked at the New York City skyline, you would see, Zach, our favorite from Gremlins 2, the Pan Am building. (laughs) And... It turns out that Californians did not know that the Pan Am building had changed to the MetLife building, and so they had to scrap, like, months' work of animation, and they just never used it in the show. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Like, imagine giving backgrounds to somebody, and they're like, you know, hey, here's the Pan Am building, and Fox Kids is like, that does not exist anymore. It's the MetLife building now. (laughs) I found that wildly interesting. <laughs> that's, that's like the stuff that kept me going through this series. It's
2: pretty inter- That is pretty interesting, the um, lack of research done there.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing I was thinking of, you know, if this would have been, you know, in 1993, uh, they were animating, and early 93 is when the signage in the Pan Am building gets removed, and um, I, I it's also pre-internet, you know, and so, but yeah, you're right, like nobody picked up a phone or anything. <laughs> So, I guess, um, just a, a quick Morbius story arc breakdown. Like Ben said, Morbius finds uh, Spider or Peter Parker's blood, thinks it's crazy. He tries to shoot it with a laser. Bat drinks the blood, gets shot with the laser, bites Morbius, turns into a living vampire. A living vampire wants to eat plasma. Uh, Spider-Man doesn't like it. Nobody really likes it. By some convoluted turn of events, everybody thinks Spider-Man is the problem and not Morbius. So the Punisher has to come after Spider-Man. Spider-Man turns into Man Spider. That gets resolved. Blade shows up to take out Morbius. And and then it really becomes like how do we save Morbius? I think that's the the quick the the quick and dirty summary of it. So I guess like how did you guys want to go through this? Was there any like things you wanted to highlight? Any character? Do we want to break it down by character? I know we did Spider Man, but I liked what you were saying, Zach. Like the villains and and all these side characters are so dense that there's a lot of interest in there. Um, like I I mentioned the Punisher and his his battle van escape tactic go. I loved that. But what do you guys think? How do we want to uh, dive into this?
2: Uh, I mean we we hit the movies from the kind of perspective of the character of uh, Spider-Man and how he was portrayed. It feels a little weird to try to do that with these, since this is kind of the original initiation for me. And as we've already mentioned, it's like, of course this is Spider-Man. And of course this is a decent representation of Spider-Man because... This is, the like, well, you know, the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I'm,
0: I'm totally with you.
2: <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you think,
0: Zach? Uh, again, it's hard because you do have that jump in the middle of the, you have like that that ladder arc where, like, oh, Mary Jane's already disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe follow it from Morbius' perspective because he seems to be the focal point of all these and, and kind okay. of more. Oh. Like I said, to be completely honest, there isn't a lot of meat on the bone here. Um, this isn't like two or three major motion pictures where there's multiple things happening. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I'm glad you say it that way, Zach. Like I mentioned at the start I, but my notes for like the latter episodes in this arc is I'm just like, okay now now these two fight and one of them escapes again you know it's just that keeps repeating over and over Let's, and over.
0: This is one thing I've always found like fascinating about like revisiting children's at my children my, yeah, my childhood entertainment as an adult. God, a lot of this stuff was just boilerplate and very monotonous at times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like like especially like no, th- this isn't that bad, but like I remember going back and like rewatching like some of like the original Yu-Gi-Oh! It's being like, man, it's just the exact same thing for like twenty minutes straight. Like <laughs> nothing. Oh happened. god. Like glacial is too kind of a word. Yes. Um <laughs> and that was kind of like this where I'm like, man, as a kid, I had a lot of patience. Like, as an adult, I do not. Um, <laughs> that's a
1: that's an interesting point. I, I kind of totally agree with you, is that, like, I thought I was going to go into these and, you know, we watched maybe, like, three hours worth of content total or something. I thought I was going to be, like, relaxed and just taking some notes, laughing at some funny kid stuff. But I often found myself just being like, oh, man, I could totally, like, you know, like, write some emails while I'm watching these.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. This is what makes them so much, I think this, like, makes this show so much fun. It's, like, you can have it in the background and play with your toys. Um, And you can just, like, when something happens, look up, like, focus on it for, like, five minutes, then go back to what you were doing. Mm -hmm. You really don't lose anything. And I think that's the thing. Like, there are those moments where it, like, flares up, um, and then, like, it goes back to, like, just kind of, like, a steady calm, and then something happens... In, in like, and like this is one thing I did want to bring up, Rob. And this reminds me a lot of Goosebumps. What do you think before every commercial break? It ends with a quasi cliffhanger. Oh yeah, <laughs> good old, good old TV. <laughs> But it's so, like, it's so just, like, melodramatic, though. Yes. Like, it's, like, I get, like, you want to end things, like, on a high note to get people, like, like still roped in. But this is the end of, like, this is, like, Goosebumps level. Where, like, and then he turned the door and there was a loud crash. <laughs> and I'm, like, oh, God, every single time, I'm, like, I, I kind of adored that. Like, there is, there is want to say, oh, it's not schlocky and it's not campy. But there's maybe just a very 90s thing about this where it wears its identity on its sleeve it's not trying to be something better than what it is Mm -hmm. and and that's like i said somebody who's not really watched any spider-man tv shows And this is where maybe i want to ask ben like how he thinks this like compares to more contemporary spider-man animated shows um are are there any like i know there's a 2010 series which is widely considered like the best animated spider-man show but how is that show compared to this ben like and i don't just mean that like in the sense of like quality wise, character wise, but like, does it have that same level of just like relaxed nature to it where like not everything is dialed up to 11? Um, I'm trying
2: to remember which one that actually is. Um, it looks Spectacular? like Spectacular Spider Man,
0: I think. Uh, I could spectac- be
2: wrong. Spectacular Spider Man, if that's the one it is, that that one is probably by far my favorite uh animated series, but it is. I would say it's not as leisurely. It definitely keeps your attention and you need to pay more attention to it a, as you're watching it. Um, if if that's the one that it is, yeah, but I'm, is, I'm having trouble finding. Yeah, okay. that's
0: the uh, two, late 2000s, 2008 through I think
2: 2010. Okay. Yeah, and, and it, it's like, I think, widely regarded, uh, at least by me. As, <laughs> as as big of a mistake as canceling Firefly was, it, it, it was to cancel Spectacular
0: Spider Man. <laughs> but this, but right it, 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 like I guess as somebody who's never watched this show, I've just seen like portions of it, like like on clips and just images. I hate how the characters look. Like I, they look. Like so, I want Rob to go right now. Like just okay. Google Spectacular Spider Man. You, you, there'll be no shortage of uh, stuff you'll find. But like I, I, it's all a matter of personal taste. But like. I hate how it looks. Like, that's nothing against the writing, the quality, but just on an aesthetic level, our character, art design, I hate it. Like, I just... I adore how all the villains look in this. I love how Spider-Man looks in this. And maybe this is, like once again, the uh, nostalgia blinding me, but there's just something that feels so just pure about this and that might not even be the right word like like it, it feels pure to me and like I said the nostalgia might be really just tinting everything
1: uh spectacular spider-man I just looked a picture it looks like Ben 10 artwork
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly there thank you that the, the, the size experience.
1: of the pupils and the eyes and and the build of them yeah absolutely I, I I wouldn't I would have to look up if they're even by the same people but it looks just like Ben 10 <laughs> uh, and I and I'll definitely give it to you I mean it took
2: me a while to get over the animation style not that I dislike it It's just very different than what you know what I had been used to with spider-man but animation animation style disregarded it is a fantastic show
0: no i've heard no it's why it's considered the best spider-man and in my research for this the spider-man anime series aka 90 uh, the 90s one is considered like second place in the 2008 2010 series is considered the best so you're not alone it's not exclusive to you
1: so, uh, going back, to, I like what you said, Zach, you know, talking about Morbius in this, in this stuff, uh, in this, you know, arc, because, but that's who it really focuses on. Morbius was not somebody I really remembered. I think I mentioned this earlier, um, in this series. Morbius was not really somebody I remembered until I saw that trailer for the Jared Leto movie, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's one of those Spider-Man villains that I totally forgot about. I thought he was fine in this. I mean, him as a villain, I, I like that, you know, he, he, he goes through an actual arc where he starts off with, well, we get his backstory, he wants to save his village, all that stuff, so he's researching a cure for some virus or something like that. Turns into Morbius, doesn't want to be Morbius. Morbius, the vampire, like, Takes him over, turns to the vampire. I should say his name is Michael Morbius. Um, turns to the vampire, doesn't like it. Then he starts to love it. Wants to make everybody vampires, and then he he kind of fails. So he flies off into the distance. He flies off into some cave, and and that season two arc ends with Morbius flying off and hanging upside down, falling asleep. And his last line is "By Felicia," which I thought was pretty interesting. And I was like, wow, they beat Friday to the punch. But then he's he's become sympathetic in the last two episodes of his arc in the fourth season, if I remember correctly, because that's when um, Miriam, the vampire queen, shows up. Ben and Ben, that bothered me so much that it was not Marceline, the vampire queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but then then they um they never really save him. Is that right? They don't save Morbius. Yes, they they don't. He they go off to fight Miriam. So he becomes like a, a good guy at the end of the day. Do you guys know about the Jared Leto movie? Is he gonna be like an anti hero I they playing that like venom like like he's gonna be a cause for good? I guess do you know
2: the only thing I really know about it is that it doesn't look very good <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, i uh, i I saw the trailers in theaters before something. I don't remember what, and I was just like, "Oh no, Jared Leto again, and I was it, it looks very unappealing to me
2: same. I mean, it's just it's not it just doesn't look uh commanding like it doesn't it doesn't look like it's going to grab your attention and hold on to it um mm-hmm. so I, I don't know
0: i i would imagine it's them trying to ride the line of of the anti-hero stick sure after the success again Venom made too much money for them to just sit on their hands and from my understanding again of the sony marvel deal is that The Tom Holland movies do not add to the contractual obligation of, like, making a movie that is within the Spider-Man, like, rights deal. So they have to keep making, like, something like this. It's, it's Fan 4, I'm sorry, it's a Roger Corman Fan 4 stick again, where it's, like, it's just money there to keep, like, the license. I, I don't know. Like, after watching this... Uh, like two arcs of the two the TV series, I am a little bit excited for this. I don't want to say excited. I'm not as uh, opposed to it as I was before. <laughs>
1: okay. Because I
0: think that, I think there is potential. Um, I think it, it, it's that thing of, if there ever was a superhero that you could very much leave to his own devices at Spider-Man, because he has such a, like a rich rogues gallery, it's like Batman. It's You don't need Batman to really cross over with anybody else. Is it fun? Of course. But I think there's like just watching this like, God, what, five, six episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get why Sony was like, let Disney keep their things. We are not making a deal because I think with the right, just writers and actors and creative team, I think the sky's the limit with Spider-Man. I'm just like, and it goes back to why I've saying a lot during the Tom Holland series where it's just leave like Spider-Man New York, like let the nonsense wander into his world don't have him wander into the outside world. Sure. And that, that's where it's so much fun, like, watching Blade show up, and Bl- uh, Blade has garlic bombs, and all this, like, ultraviolet tech, and Whistler, like, that stuff is so much fun. Felicia Hardy as Black Cat, like, I completely forgot that at some point she uh, transforms into that. And I'm like, this is so much fun. Like, you have all of these elements there. Um, even with Morbius, like we said, he kind of, like, in the first arc, he, he's... Oh God, he's misguided. He Mm kind of doesn't know what's happening to him. He's kind of a pawn to everybody. And then by the latter one, he's just kind of being passed around as like a bat creature. And then when they kind of get him to like regress into like the state he was in the first arc, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm a a actor for good. And that's like, that's sort of stuff that like, like if they made a Morbius movie like that where Spider-Man is a side character, like he's a supporting cast member, I'd be like, perfect, I'm on board. I'm like, that is – if you have Tom Holland, like, in, like a grand total of, like, six minutes of this movie just helping out in, like, very key – I think, in think Darth Vader in row One. He's there for very brief, potent moments. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, that'll work. That'll work. But right just to watch Jared Leto run around, like I said, <laughs> it might be good. Like, it might be good just as it's, like, it's, like, again – I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. Like I to this day have not seen a single trailer for this movie. Every time a new trailer is released, like I'm just like I I don't care. Um, I've seen again sna- like snapshots of it online, but um, as of now, indifference as opposed to being against it. So it's working in its favor, I guess. <laughs> um, after almost two years of delays, I I, I am not a hundred percent opposed to it. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I could I could see them doing something. You know, with with that movie, writing like you said, writing the line of the
0: antihero. I mean. I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. Is don't this movie really take place in New York? Uh, ooh. Or is it gonna be another thing like Venom where, like, it takes place so just outside this like, Spider Man pantheon?
1: That I have no idea. Because so. <laughs> isn't, uh, what's his name in this?
0: Isn't, what's his name in this? Michael Keaton?
1: Is he? So he's, like, coming in. He back is. As He's the... in the
0: trailer. From my, oh. from my research, he's in the trailer. is uh, oh God, the Vulture. I so don't like remember.
1: And, Yeah, he's listed in the cast as Adrian tomb slash Vulture. Yeah.
0: Okay. Like clearly this is gonna be part of the Marvel like nonsense. Like this is gonna be again, like I said, the Sony Marvel deal was renegotiated in 2019. So I don't know. Like it's it, clearly this was made before like Marvel's current thing of the multiverse being like the main priority. So I don't like I said, it's it's getting back to the nineties show. Yeah, there's potential there. There there's potential. I just don't know if Sony's again, Sony's also very cheap in in certain circumstances. And they're not doing this to tell a good story. They are doing this to keep the rights to something, which is not the worst thing. But at the same time, too, it's kind of it's very telegraphed to the audience. That's what this is. Oh, sure. I gotcha. Yeah, we,
1: we talked about that last week. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mor- Morbius is, uh like I said, a villain. I don't remember. I I liked his stuff. Um, You know, like you were mentioning, Zach, when he becomes the agent for good. I really liked that that comes about because Felicia Hardy is like, you've become the virus that you've, you've been trying to stop this whole time, like appealing to his origin story. I thought that was cool rather than just like hitting him with a laser or something like that. Even though this was like, I couldn't really, you know, keep it didn't keep my attention fully. There's some really neat, like Spider-Man ideas in this, um, in this arc, in this 94 series. Like, I love the fact that, you know, both Peter Parker and Spider-Man like had to play a role in stopping Morbius, Like, um, there's that whole thing where they try and use, like, Peter Parker as bait for Morbius, but Morbius ends up stealing Aunt May or something like that, and, and it's like, oh, that's cool, you know, they need to use him because he's, he's a bait for Morbius to find Spider-Man, and then when Spider-Man shows up to Blade's warehouse, Blade is like, why weren't you there? We could have stopped him, and it's like, Blade, just think a little bit about this, you might have been able to put it together. (laughs) Um, you mentioned it too. Garlic bombs, Spider-Man infuses his webbing with garlic at a certain point, that was totally cool i was so on board with that stuff
2: (laughs) and that's some of the stuff I remember loving from from this early series Yeah, is, like, Spider-Man making modifications to his gear to deal with the threat at hand.
1: Yeah, that is so Um, cool, yes. And that's that's the thing that I feel like we were saying with the main franchise, main Spider-Man movies, is that we never really get to see him show off his intelligence. And, of course, you know, we don't get to see him doing, like, a whole science experiment or anything in this um, series, but he's working at this lab with Dr. Connors, he's doing, like, blood tests, he's revamping his equipment. It was actually, like, using some intelligence, you know? to adapt to a situation and that was so cool to see
2: uh we do yeah you can't forget we do get to
1: see him yank on some cords in yeah. the, the main movies. yes because- i mean <laughs> you gotta unplug it and plug it back in again <laughs> Don't forget this, Rob. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, but I I like Morbius, um, and he becomes a a thing for good. I I was looking around, you know, just to, like, his arc in this is um, when when, uh, Season 4, Episode 7 ends, and Morbius and Blade and everybody's gotten together, and they're uh, fighting to stop Miriam, the Vampire Queen, from turning everybody into vampires— Which is exactly what Morbius wanted to do two seasons prior, (laughs) which I'm sure all the children forgot because they were watching it, you know, over years or whatever. But I was just like, oh, they're doing the same thing again. They end up going off uh, Blade, Morbius and Black Cat. They all leave and they go fight Miriam. Morbius and Blade only appear once more in the whole series in season 5 episode 10, but it's just a quick cameo and it shows them fighting vampires. So, uh, we don't really like get to know what what else happens with them. This is really the the contained arc.
2: You may remember when we talked about the Andrew Garfield movies uh that I I said there was a distinct Spider-Man feel to that story. Um and it is that that uh the lizard guy wanted to turn everybody into lizards. Oh, like that's yeah. so Spider-Man. Yes. yes. And like <laughs> Sp- Spider-Man's whole thing is that he deals with threats th- up to the size of New York. And that's pretty much it. Like that's what he does. Yeah. yeah um. And, yeah. and I think, you know, so the, so the, where he's dealing with a threat that is the size of New York, you know, that that's like, prime spider-man stuff
1: yeah oh absolutely yeah that's a, that's a good point um the the whole uh we're gonna release this this beam or this toxin to affect everybody in the city type of thing absolutely <laughs> so i i also wanted to mention um or bring up blade because you know i think the punisher's fun he's got cool tech that was neat blade is is pretty interesting to see i don't think we ever talked about it ben um i've never seen any of the blade movies um i didn't i don't think i also knew that you liked them um have you rewatched any of them recently I did rewatch the second one at some point,
2: and the CGI in it is appalling. <laughs>
1: okay. Is is the second one the Guillermo
0: del Toro one? Do you know?
2: It's the it one with, like, the, the okay, or whatever the hell
0: they call it. First, first one is Stephen Norrington. Second one is uh, Guillermo. Okay. Third one is, I don't think it's a real person. Okay. Third one's the one with Ryan
1: Reynolds, right?
0: <laughs> and Jessica Biel. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know if we will get be getting to those anytime soon. Um, but no, I, I, I like that um, there was some really weird... And like cheap animation for Blade, like they just like, you know, put him like he's very still on his motorcycle type of thing. It was pretty funny to watch. Like, you know, it's a they're 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 not compositing, whatever that's called. But there's this one moment where they're trying to figure out like, oh, we're going to hit Morbius with one of these neogenic lasers or something. And and Whistler like pulls out this whole apparatus and it's this pretty big thing that they have to end up putting in a van. But when it comes out, Spider-Man says something to Blade like, hey, Smiley, try putting that on your motorcycle, and it just cuts to, like, Blade's face in full frame, and he just, like, growls. He's like, and I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) What did I just watch?
2: (laughs) Hey, Smiley, I'd like to see you fit that on your bike.
1: (laughs) There was some stuff like that that was just, like, so weirdly cropped, and and the voice acting was, like, edited strangely, it gave me a good laugh here and there. Even from, like, the editing and the voice acting from Spider-Man, I think it's in that first or second episode, when... I don't know, what does he have? Spider-Man has, like, cholera or something in this arc, I think. Uh, he keeps having stomach pains. And there's, like, a, a certain point where I think he's fighting Morbius or something. And he says, like, good thing he doesn't have my spider agility. Oh, no, the pain! And he, like, see, like there's no pause between the two lines of dialogue. You're strong. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't have my spider agility. The pain! Not now! So some of that, I was just like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, if you got to squeeze, squeeze as much time out of the show to get more commercials for toys, I guess that's what you got (laughs) to do. But I mean, um, so Blade, you know, you saying you like the movies, Ben, um, and then you liked this stuff as well. Are you excited for the um, Mahershala Ali, Blade, the one that's probably coming out in like 50,000 years from now? (laughs) I... Can't say that I'm aware of it. Oh, oh! I <laughs> I, I know they've announced it. Then are you excited
0: it. for this thing? I'm not even aware it existed until this moment.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, Mahershala Ali um, is going to play Blade, and and what? Zach, you were telling me that he has a
0: voice cameo at the end of Eternals. I think. Oh God, yeah. It's 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 the clunkiest thing ever. You have oh God, what's his name? Kit Harington, the actor. Uh, maybe. I, I okay, <laughs> I, I think that's his name. Game of Thrones man. There's a lot of them. And he's, like, about to touch, like, from what is alluded to to be the ebony blade. And, it's, and like, there's a voice off screen who's like, hey – that might be mine, and like snap cut <laughs> the black. And it's like what? It's like what? And then, like the internet has to tell you, like, oh, that was Mahershala Ali. Like he filmed, like he he didn't film it. He like recorded his voice like on his phone and sent it to Marvel.
1: <laughs> sent a Facebook voice message over to Marvel, over to Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah.
0: Pretty much, and that's the thing, because yeah. So I I wouldn't be surprised because like I'm not sure, um, but I didn't know about this until today. That apparently Stephen Norrington filmed footage of him as Morbius to include in the original Blade movie as a potential for like where the sequels could go. But when he chose not to return for Blade 2, that was just kind of scrapped. Ah. So um, no, Morbius has been kind of floating around in the ether as like a major, as a potential like major character for a while man. Okay,
1: yeah, cuz that's something when I when I watched this this arc and I was like, "Oh, Blade and Morbius makes sense." I went back and I looked into it and it I saw that that it wasn't in the Blade movies and I was like, "Oh, okay." So, I'm I'm assuming, you know, that that's something that might happen one day, but who knows? Like you were saying it's, with the right I think and stuff. it's
0: I think it I think it's there. It's it's that like other rumor that's going around now that spoiler alert, you're getting Charlie Cox in Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's, it's the idea, like, oh, apparently Marvel wants to keep Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin. Okay. So, it's, like, I, I think everything's just on the table at this point. It's the idea that, like, okay, like, Jared Leto is a recognizable name. Like, he can act when he wants to, and he's not just, like, doing it for his own reasons. It's, like, why not? Like, that's the thing. I think it all – it's the uh, thing that comes down to, like, Guardians of the Galaxy Eternals. Like, we are going to roll the dice – <laughs> if audiences like it, it'll be incorporated. Tom Hardy and Venom. If it's not, it will most likely try to just fade into like a background role. Sure, sure. All this stuff
1: coming out, I've, I'm not looking forward to it all, but it'll it'll all keep happening, I guess. I, I do have to say, though, Vincent D'Onofrio is kingpin. I love me some Vincent D'Onofrio. He's the best thing about that Daredevil show, I have to say. <laughs> so
2: I, I do want to—I've looked up a little bit of the new Blade stuff, and I I have to say, Wesley Snipes' Blade— i don't i don't need a new one (laughs) sure that being said i mean i'm I'm beginning to entirely understand the stockholm syndrome thing zach's talking about (laughs) i'll i'll probably watch this yep uh but but no it's it's the whole time i'm gonna be like you're not west of snipes like I'm just gonna be yelling at the screen. <laughs> not like, my blade. Dude, Get on Twitter, Ben. <laughs> hashtag not my blade. Hashtag
1: not Wesley Snipes. Hashtag who do you think you are? Um, <laughs> what do we? Well, so, how do we? How do we? Let's let's start this. Let's do something better than hashtag not my blade, Ben. What if we? What if we did like hashtag dull blade or something like or hash, <laughs> hashtag totally. like dagger instead of blade or something like that. <laughs> uh, what if we go like really long, like
2: not not the sharpest blade in the drawer. <laughs>
1: The whole tweet is the hashtags. Like, they that long.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We should figure out something clever. That's what we do, right? Mush words together until, yes, yes. until we're happy with them. Yeah, I don't need another Blade. I was happy with Leslie Snipes. Fair. Uh,
1: I guess just some other... Uh, la- uh, thi- uh, I guess we had to... It's uh, it's inevitable, Zach. Zach, we had to do it. Voice acting. <laughs> oh, God. It's atrocious. Was, uh, well, yeah, there's some... <laughs> There's some (laughs) rough voice acting in here, but uh, J. Jonah Jameson is voiced by Ed Asner, which is crazy to me. Ed Asner, who's still alive the last time I checked, which is. No, he's dead. Did he die? Yes. The last time I checked was not recently, so I was hoping he right. was just still kicking. I like, checked, like, no, you know, oh, dead. That's a bummer.
0: <laughs> um, so I'm sorry, Rob. My condolences. You had to learn this in real time while recording. Damn,
1: he's, there's one episode of there's a Christmas episode of the X Files that he's in. He's really good in that. Um, but what more was I was more uh, excited to hear Abraham Whistler only in the the season two episodes is voiced by the great Malcolm McDowell. And his voice is so unique that you know. As soon as you, as soon as I heard him, I'm like, "That's Malcolm McDowell. That's so cool." But this is interesting, Zach. This is actually now the second time in Cinemodities that we've discussed something where Malcolm McDowell is a vampire hunter. Do you remember the other thing that he is a vampire hunter in? The Time Machine. We. When did we ever discuss the Time Machine? <laughs> <laughs>
0: What else we talk about? Malcolm McDowell. In? What has he done? He's like, the vampire. I
1: mean, like, he's, he's the vampire hunter in Suck from our Suck and Blow episode. Oh my God, I don't even. how oh God, we talked about that. I remember talking about
0: Johnny Depp in a wig. Like his <laughs> wig was like the best part of that movie. <laughs> oh
1: so yeah, we, we've discussed the two and only two times Malcolm McDowell has played a vampire hunter. So we can we can also discuss a movie called Corbin Nash where he helps a vampire hunter as like the like the tech person or something. And then apparently he is a vampire in a Tales from the Crypt episode called The Reluctant Vampire. So Zach, we have two more things that we could finish up the Malcolm McDowell vampire series. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Talk about the most specifically odd thing. <laughs> I think I think other than that, you know, I I like I mentioned the garlic. I love that stuff. I wanted to ask you guys this. I'm glad I just caught this note. In the season four episodes, when, you know, they they take Morbius out of his cave, and the Dr. Connors and the Neogenic Lab are trying to, to un-vampire him, or whatever they're trying to do, people show up and they, like, steal Morbius, or they accidentally wake Morbius up. Like, I know one of them's the Shocker, and then the other one, I had no idea who it was, but I called him in my notes, Discount Two-Face. <laughs> apparently he's herbert landon i i have no idea who that was i had never heard of them apparently he's like half mutated but to me i was like this is just two face <laughs> i don't know is is he big? as a kid i
2: thought that was two face
1: oh nice <laughs> i dig that <laughs> but herbert landon is voiced by david warner who we all know is sark and the mcp from tron so that was pretty cool and then i and then i think other than that you know I I liked some of the action. I liked some of the the moments, like you said, Zach, when it flares up, that type of stuff. Uh, some of the little bits and pieces here and there. Any anything else you guys wanted to talk about with the ninety ninety four series?
2: What is going on with Peter Parker's relationship with Mary Jane in these episodes? At the beginning, we see a flashback of him asking Felicia Watson out on a date, and oh. then the rest of these episodes, he's like, "There's a, a, an issue with him." Not spending time with Mary Jane because he's afraid of scaring her away with his mutation. And I, and I was just like, is he dating multiple women? Like, is that <laughs> is that what this children's show was telling us?
1: Yeah, uh, I couldn't really get a handle on that in the season two episodes either, where he keeps blowing her off because of his mutation. But, like, I was with you, too, that it's like, well, yeah, we saw that previously on. And so I'm like, I, okay, I— I was, I was confused as well. I don't know. Zach, did any of that – were you able to parse any of that?
0: <laughs> from I, I remember that being a thing in this show is like – from like watching it in 2004 that he always had a lot of female attention. He could just never devote the time to them because he was Spider-Man. And from my research for this, apparently they didn't want to go with like the dweeby Peter Parker who couldn't get girls – they want to go to the one that was just like could never like handle a relationship and Spider Man at the same time.
1: Okay, okay,
0: that's that's what the producers uh, like interviews have said over the last like twenty years.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I don't know. And, I mean, Mary Jane in these episodes we watched was, like, so sidelined. And then, of course, she's gone in the season four episodes that I was just like, yeah, whatever. I, I felt like she was put in there because we need Mary Jane in a Spider-Man story type of thing.
0: Well, because that's the big thing that, like, oh, God, I remember, like, watching a lot of those season five episodes on Fox Family back in the day. Pretty much once Mary Jane disappears, that becomes, like, his sole thing to get her back. Like, okay. and, and, like, it'll come and go in importance, but, like, he always references it. Okay.
1: Oh, I, I just found this in my notes as well. I'm glad I, I wanted to mention this. Um, in the second episode when Morbius escapes the hospital and people are like, Spider-Man stole him, and everybody the whole city's looking for Spider-Man. There's like a, a scene where Morbius is climbing on the side of a building, and everyone thinks it's Spider-Man. One of the characters even says, It's Spider-Man. Who else could climb on a building like that? And I was like, This is the second fucking season. Surely the citizens of New York have seen other superpowered people climb a building before. I thought that was such a strange line. <laughs> he thought
2: that was strange mostly because he was not high enough up that you could not see he was wearing a black trench coat and no
1: mask. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I was just like, there is no way in hell if I'm on the ground, I'm gonna be like, that's Spider Man. I'm like, that's some crazy fucker. <laughs> like that's that's somebody who is probably not superpowered. Because why would I assume he is? And he's just up on a building, and that's
1: dumb. But Yeah, where's the people going, like, don't jump. Like, life is worth living. Like, why are they immediately, right. like, spider? Could you imagine if, like, someone was, like, ready to commit suicide by jumping off of a New York skyscraper, and everybody was like, Spider-Man, we love you! <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't make me happy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
2: I think there was there was a lot more "fuck you" Spider-Man vibes than there were Spider-Man. I,
1: we love you, sure, but... sure, yeah, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> either, either way, just like I'm not Spider-Man. <laughs> this is why I'm killing
2: myself. People never know who I am. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm literally killing myself because somebody at work called me Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> oh jeez, oh jeez. Anything else from the uh, 1994 series? I mean,
2: I don't know. I think I think we've touched on all the important stuff. It's uh... It is. It was nostalgic, and I, I mentioned earlier it took a little while for me to get into that nostalgia mindset. Yeah. but it, Once I did, like it, it came back. It came flooding back. It was just like it took a while for that to happen. But yeah, I mean, I, I, just um, despite the problems I had with it, like bad voice acting, <laughs> bad transitions, you know, uh, from one statement to the next, etc. On my second watch through, I, I enjoyed it more, and I was like, "This is this is Spider Man." So I don't know. Right. I mean, d- d- despite the fact that maybe it doesn't hold up as much as I would have liked it to, it's it's still not terrible.
1: Solid, solid. I guess Zach, if there's nothing else, um, I as I as a transition point between the 1994 animated series and then the second one we're talking about, which I believe is Spider-Man Unlimited, I would like to discuss because it, we all we started this series, you know, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, whatever it was, talking about rod We gotta end it with talking about Aviarrad. <laughs> So there is a a sentence on the Wikipedia page for Spider-Man 1994 that says uh, the series was cancelled after its initial order of 65 episodes, four seasons, or five seasons I think, uh, because of an argument Avi Arad got into with the head of Fox Kids, Margaret Loesch and I was like, I gotta look into this because we need some Avi Arad being the villain tale here some type of statement regarding this seems to be widely reported like this is why the show got cancelled is that these two got into an argument and Margaret Loesch was like, I don't want to deal with you, we're canceling your show, that type of thing. The am. MDB trivia fact about this goes even harder and says that Margaret Loesch absolutely hated Avi Arad and wanted him out of the business, so she canceled the show when their initial episode order ended. I can find no real corroboration for this, and I spent way too much time going down, like, early 2000s message boards with a bunch of links to articles that are now dead, and I couldn't even find them in, like, the Wayback Machine and stuff like this. Um, Some people seem to really believe in it. There's some people are saying that, you know, well, the argument could have been about, you know, Avi Arad micromanaging all the aspects of the show. Specifically, like we were saying earlier, everything had to be a toy. And apparently, Avi Arad would, like, say to the writers, uh, John Semper, I believe his name is, the the showrunner of this, he would be like, oh, we want to do an arc with, say, you know, Ghost Rider, just just for an example. And Avi Arad would go, no, 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 I want to give him his own show. And so we can't use him here yet, he's going to get his own show. And Avi Arad was, like, trying to say, like, oh, you can and cannot use these things, and when you can use them, you can only use them in certain capacity to, to um, make sure that, you know, we don't ruin their spinoff or something like that. And I could totally see this being the case, Another thing I found is that some people also think that this series got canceled because Saban wanted the the uh, animated show rights back, which kind of makes some sense because Saban runs Spider-Man Unlimited, which is the series that follows this. I don't know, Zach, what do you What do you think? Did you read anything about Avi Arad and Margaret Loesch at all?
0: <laughs> no, I, well, Avi Arad always being a stick in the mud. <laughs> yes. Um, no, the thing that's weird about Spider-Man Unlimited was I first discovered this show, I want to say, like, in 2014. And I kind of became like enamored with it because like I thought it was just so different. It was this was right in the time of like Amazing Spider-Man two came out. Um the Marvel thing was really like kicking into like full gear. So like it was like, oh God, like and I just try to do something slightly different, which this especially does. Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, this is neat, like this is a lot of fun. But then like this show like didn't have any of the other trademarks of like Avia Rod projects and that like it wasn't merchandised at all. Yeah. Um even like th- peter parker spider-man's outfit in this like there's no toys of it there's there was practically no merchandise for it and i i just wonder why they from what i can tell from season five of uh the 90s series everybody involved with that show was burnt out like i know there was like apparently season five was very arduous to get made on pretty much every level and i think everybody like every creative involved with that was just tired And I think that's the reason why I was that like, I think you, if they were going to do a season six, it was going to be, but basically a whole new creative team.
1: Okay. I don't think, I don't,
0: I think it'd be very, I think, and this is my own conjecture. I think it would have been very difficult to hire a whole new creative team to work on a season six of somebody else's like doing.
1: Oh, Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's like what happens when Netflix buys shows and they, they replace most of the people and it's just a totally different thing, you know? Zach, you said that what,
2: – what were you saying about what,
0: when you came across this? Something about the Marvel Cinematic Universe spinning up? Did I mishear you? Uh, Well, yeah, it was 2014. It's when, like, that was really, like, kicking into, like, like- – Oh, okay. That's it's when you found Spider-Man right. Unlimited. Yeah, it was, like tw- – oh. I think it was, like, like, March, April 2014 was when I discovered this. Okay, I, I initially thought
2: you said that's when it came out, and I was like, this show came out in 99, Zach. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: This is very clearly uh, the remnants of a dying decade. Um, but no, like, like I, I, this is one thing I kind of found the most fascinating about, like, rewatching this is I forgot how, like, in, what, in, like, a one-minute span, there's, like, you hear the the music intro of the 90s series, and it's very, like... Oh, God, subtly trying to connect to that as like, oh, no, like this is part of the continuity. And then after like 10 minutes, it's like continuity. We don't know what that word means. <laughs> yep,
1: yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, the next the, the next uh, series talking about Spider-Man Unlimited, the follow up to 1994 series, um, the first three episodes, which are kind of like the f- only three real episodes, which I'm sure, you know. Um, if Zach is gonna tell us more about, but these three episodes aired, you know, uh October 2nd, 9th, and 16th of 1999. The next episode did not air until fourteen months later, uh, because apparently Pokemon on WB Kids was beating the shit out of it in ratings, and they and Fox Kids was scrambling for something. But this this were the these were the episodes that you really wanted to talk about, Zach. I, I had definitely never seen these before ever. I had no recollection of this whole counter earth stuff or anything like that that but is this something you have like a big affinity for like you were saying when you found it when the mcu was getting going
0: oh i appreciate it i I wouldn't say like i am care this isn't like another like thomas the tank engineer real scary story sure i feel like i have this gem that nobody is really like praising no i think it's something that's different that really gets ignored when you look at spider-man animated series it gets disregarded just because it's like it's different and it's yes. like, oh god! It's like this because it's different doesn't mean it's bad. Like it feels like it's it's the equivalent of like trying to explain to dummies why black and white movies aren't bad. Um, the absence of color is not a detriment to something. It's like that. I don't think this is any sort of like hidden masterpiece, but I think it's a lot of goofy fun. It kind of it's that it, to me. I would rather have this sort of take on Spider Man if you're going to go completely off the wall, Gonzo, with it than in into the Spider Verse. Spider into the Spider Verse is playing into Culturally safe territory. We're back in the nineties. This was just like, Oh God, like what's popular? Uh, animal people. That's popular. We had <laughs> animals from a few years ago. The kids loved that. It's like, Oh, it, it, it's the idea of just weird. It, it's weird. And it feels very alienating at times just because the animation style is very clunky and cheap. But it, it, but it feels like certain things. Like I love the Green Goblin character in Unlimited. I kind of adore him, and and I know there's different like versions of like Spider-Man lore where Green Goblin isn't a villain. But like that's a sort of stuff. But like no, you have Venom and Carnage in Unlimited. They're hundred percent just Venom and Carnage <laughs> and everything else. Yep. <laughs> They're just uh, drawn a little differently. Um. But no, I love the Spider-Man suit in this. Um. I I absolutely love it, and it's one of those costumes. I think in the 2018 game, it's an unlockable oh okay I, I could be wrong or no maybe no maybe not i don't think no maybe it's it's, it's one spy it's either a 2000 <laughs> spider-man game or a 2018 sure, Spider-Man game. definitely a it's game what,
1: yeah
0: <laughs> there's a game where that's unlockable um but yeah it's just one of these things where um considering that like that first episode tries to tie it into the 90s continuity um and that this is the immediate follow-up i think it's worth discussing because after this the next animated series is what the MTV one right ben Sounds right. That
2: that's uh, matches my recollection, but I I haven't looked into the actual
1: timeline or anything.
0: Yeah. So um no, it's interesting that it's just really the last animated Spider Man we got before the two thousand two movie.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. Um I'm glad you mentioned the animal people, Zach, because when I started watching this, like I said, I had never seen it before, um, he gets to Counter Earth and you know, there's all these people and I'm like, oh, I'm like Spider Man just went to Bojack Horseman World, basically. And and I was just like, That's interesting. I totally forgot about Animorphs as well. I have to say I did not love these three episodes of Spider-Man Unlimited. I found them a little more difficult to watch. Maybe it was because I was burnt out after the the 94 series. But I got a big question. I got a big question about Counter-Earth. In the third episode, when Spider-Man and Green Goblin are fighting, and then the the robo-things come out to uh, stop them, the robots say, Masked vigilantes are prohibited by the five boroughs and upper parts of Staten Island. I want to know so badly what the hell are the five boroughs in Counter-Earth? Because in our world, Staten Island is one of the five boroughs. That makes that sentence redundant. I, I couldn't find anything. that I don't think it ever gets answered in the series or anything like that. I just thought that was the weirdest change to make. Either it was a conscious change to be like, oh, the five boroughs are a little different, you know, in, in this different Earth. Or whoever wrote this line didn't know that Staten Island was one of the five boroughs. <laughs> Uh, I suspect the upper parts is referring to elevation,
2: since the humans live on the the ground and the bestials live higher up.
1: The, I okay, in- interesting. I, I understand what you're saying, but it's still it's still a little weird. It's, I I feel like that's kind of saying it's like you know, um, be like this activity is illegal in you know this in like Denver and 500 feet above Denver. It seems it seems almost redundant, you know? Well, I mean, it it
2: is, but it also isn't because they are very different communities.
1: That's true. That's true. I didn't think about that. Um I I, I guess if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt, that's got to be what it is. But so so then is is masked vigilantism okay in the lower parts of Staten Island?
2: No, the lower parts of Staten Island are the Five Boroughs. Part of the Five Boroughs
1: yeah but wouldn't the so then are the upper parts of the other four boroughs mass vigilant vigilant v- vigilantism is allowed? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I want that explored. <laughs> like you're out of your territory, you're out of your turf or something like that <laughs> such a such a strange line but but um, so ben, have you had you seen this before? I don't know if you if you answered that yet uh, I had I watched this when I was young when it okay. when it first came out. okay, okay. what did you think of this with the did this have some nostalgia for you? Yeah, I mean, I love the suit, but
2: overall the story's not very great.
1: I Yeah, there's a lot of disjointed stuff going on, I felt. You know, like Spider-Man having to find John Jameson. He's part of the Resistance Force. Carnage and Venom are there, working with... Uh, the High Evolutionary, but they're really not working with the High Evolutionary. They're trying to, you know, do something with whatever they keep saying, I, which I can't find in my notes right now. Um, the the thing to, to bring all the people together under their forces or whatever. There's a lot going on, and I didn't feel like it gave me, you know, that any of that real, like, kind of quippiness or, or the Spider-Man that I've started to, like, grow accustomed to as we've gone through this series. I also have to say, I don't think I really like the... Like, Spider-Man has this almost, like, Green Lantern-esque ability to, like, shoot Webb and make it turn into whatever he wants. Like, there's a scene where he, like, just shoots Webb regularly, and it just turns into a ball. And there's one where he just shoots it regularly, and it turns into, like, a parachute. And I was like, is this—I was like, what is this? This seems almost like deus ex machina, that he could do, like, a Green Lantern thing of say, oh, now I need a big hammer. I just have to think, and that's what I get. I, I don't know, is is that kind of ever explained? Is it because of the suit or something
0: like that? It just felt off to me. I just think that's uh, the animators just being told, okay, he has to land! And it's like, I, I think it's just <laughs> trying to do something different, Rob. I, okay. I don't, I would not attribute it to the suit. You could, um, if you do want a a... a got In-universe thing, you could say, because it's like, what, a nanotech suit? Yes, from Reed um, Richards,
1: which I thought was a cool drop. cool little reference.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine if you want to attribute to that, but I would imagine that's just more the animators doing what they think is cool or what they're being instructed to do. Sure, sure. Okay, okay.
1: Has he done that in any—Spider-Man ever done that in any other adaptations? Do we know? Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, and, okay. And, oh God. He, I, I cannot imagine this is the first time it's been done.
1: Yeah, it seemed like something, like, in, in definitely in the comics, I could see something where, you know, Spider-Man is, like, you know, and now I'm going to make a sculpture or something like that, and now I'm going to make a web bed because I'm tired or something like
2: that. <laughs> to a lesser degree, he has not in, in um, even, like, the, the new Spider-Man series on Disney+. Plus. He can, like, shoot his webs in, like, a wide spray or, like, an arrow spray or, like, shoot them in, in, like ball like chunks okay, okay. um with some of the old games he could like cover his hands in webs somehow so yeah he's, oh, he's had he's always had like a little more control yeah over I, his webs than than is realistic
1: i remember i had a spider-man game for the psp once and i remember that you could like ro- uh wrap your hands in web and i remember like punching mysterio with him or something like that <laughs> but yeah i mean this like i said this one didn't click with me as well as the 1994 series, or click with me less than 1994 series I should say. I did find it interesting because you brought it up Zach the the little switch of this you know they go to counter earth so we get to play with some of our characters. That's always a neat idea. I agree with you that I like the way they played with Green Goblin and how he's you know a a masked hero basically who thinks Spider-Man is a villain and then the little tease that he's you know the father of the um of what shane the kid or whatever from what i read i I don't know if you guys have seen you know all 13 episodes of this that came out from what i've read it's never explicitly stated that the green goblin is actually his father it's just always heavily implied which is a a pretty neat touch that they never went down the route of just spending a whole episode describing that stuff where they just kind of kept it in the background and be like yeah you know what's going on but we got other stuff to play with you know what i mean
0: yeah because I imagine if they were given a second season, they would have easily dealt into mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I could I could have been episode one of season two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the synaptic. That's what Venom and Carnage are, are trying to infect people with, the spores. That's what uh, That's what it's called. So, yeah, I mean, any anything else from you guys? What do you want to highlight from this series?
2: I right? was a little bit confused about the synaptic. I was kind of getting the impression that it was, like, related to the symbiotes in some way, but then also not. So, like, I'm not really sure... Are we supposed to believe that it's some kind of precursor to the symbiotes, or that do we I have I any idea?
1: Don't know. I I thought it was like just you know um, I, I'm with you that it it seemed to be connected to symbiotes, but then it also kind of just seemed to be like a mind control fungus type of thing. I don't know, Zach. Did, do you know anything about that?
0: I literally no idea. Okay. It's just a plot device. <laughs> it's just something for Carnage and Venom to be doing.
1: Sure. And then I also get. I mean, did they did they know that the synaptic was on Counter Earth? Because you know they they leave from our regular Earth on the. Um, on the uh, John, uh, John Jameson spaceship. So I'm sure they had some knowledge that it was there. So maybe that's how it's connected to the symbiotes. It can talk to them or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping well, straws. <laughs> in,
2: in, in some continuities, the symbiotes kind of have like a hive mind. Sure. So I was suspicious that the synaptic was part of that hive mind, and that's how they knew about
1: it. Oh, okay. And They okay. They,
2: they had probably known for, us for a long time, but this is their first like
1: opportunity to get there sure okay i could see that i could see that so yeah i mean what else did you guys want to highlight from this series
2: for some reason the floor in the hideout is bars it's like cages like like crossed bars like have you ever tried to walk on an uneven surface (laughs) because they live on i did not understand it and like they use it as a tool in the fight they like lift it up and use it as a cage i'm just like why the fuck is that the floor (laughs) and why is it over a perfectly good solid floor like I don't have any idea or understanding of what the hell their hideout is trying. To be.
1: I'm I'm with you.
2: It was just like trying to break people's ankles as they come in. If you sneak in at night and you don't belong here, you're gonna you're gonna get a really twisted ankle.
1: Like a booby trap type of thing. Yeah, it's a booby trap
2: that gives you a boo boo. <laughs> like that's. I, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, did they did they make this the whole floor so that he could use part of it as a cage?
1: I yeah, I, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> I don't even think I was paying attention to that too much. That <laughs> yeah, was beyond me. Uh, Zach, anything you wanted
0: to highlight? Um, No. Like I said, it was just those things where I think this show just deserves some level of recognition. I, I sure. don't think it's going to change anyone's uh, appreciation of the character, but if you want something that's a little outside the norm, I, I would imagine this will scratch the itch.
1: Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. It's it's a pretty different type of Spider Man than um we we've been seeing you know in this series, which is pretty cool. So, and if you like Spider Man animated series, there's plenty of them. So,
2: <laughs> oh, uh, one more thing: whenever the base is getting raided by those fungus covered bestials, we see the, the same animation over and over again. Oh, there, yeah. so there are people that have copies of other people in the
1: <laughs> Yes, yes, gotta save that money. Gotta save that money. Well, I guess if there's nothing else, then um,
0: we can get to our questions. Is that good? Well, well, one more thing before questions. We didn't talk about the 90s series. The intro song. Oh, well, I. Oh, uh, my God.
1: Uh, season two, so bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was going to save that for the end because that's exactly what I wanted to play in reverse. Uh, it's performed by Aerosmith Joe Perry, which I did not remember or know. We're
2: going go spider blood.
0: Like every single time I'm on disney plus where it's just like do you want to skip this i'm like this is a like, it should just like ban you if you touch that button oh it's so delightful
2: jack's like this is a banger it just is jamming out
0: the, to the intro oh, as a kid i used to love that like like the reverberation I do, I always, spider blood radioactive spider blood and i'm like yes i thought it was so terrible Ah. Uh. It's Stockholm Syndrome, Ben. I can't wait like six years from now, and we get Blade. And I'm just like, Ben, this sucks. And you're like, Yeah, I know, but watched it <laughs> <laughs> the tables will turn back give it time all right well uh, i'll have the turn
1: tables yeah <laughs> oh boy <laughs> we don't need that meme in our lives <laughs> okay i guess um we'll start with cinematics and late night then i uh, i think this is easy for me i'm gonna go no to both i don't think there's anything really odd about this i mean some fun spider-man stuff like you said zach and that spider-man unlimited but nothing really to to make me say yes and late night with how unengaged i was and kiddish these were, which is weird with me in the Batman animated
0: series, I'm going to go no as well. So what do you guys think for our questions? Crazy
1: no-no for me as well.
0: Okay. Um I'm going to say Cinemati no. I would imagine we're grouping these together. I, I-, I do want to say that, like, again, there should be a little asterisk next to Spider-Man Unlimited because um, it is weird. Uh Late Night, yes. I think this is a fun romp. I, I think, like, oh. if you have anybody who's even slightly inclined to like Spider-Man as a character, um... This is fun. You should watch Spectacular Spider-Man instead of this. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I, I, I disagree. <laughs> um, I, no, uh, no, I think this is fun. I, I love like just how the villains are in this. I love how campy and just glorious uh, this this show is. The ninety series. I am unlimited. You can take it or leave it, depending on uh, how far you want to go into more bizarre aspects of the character. But no, 90 series is a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's worth a watch.
1: Okay, okay, right on. I guess then that brings us to Snacks. I know there's one. Oh, hold on. Yeah?
2: There's one thing in Unlimited that I, I want to mention because it me. has come up in so many things in Spider-Man. He's trying to sell his photos, and the J. John Jameson character on Counter-Earth is going to give him less money than he advertised. Why the fuck? every newspaper advertisement ever is given
1: Spider-Man less money than is advertised. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson is just like the universal constant across all these worlds.
0: <laughs> I think weirdly enough, I think that is a thing. Like you might be extremely spot on.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. I didn't, I didn't think of that. I also liked how, um, when what, uh, Naoko, she's like, Peter, you have to pay the rent. And he's like, I'm going to go take pictures of Spider-Man. And she's like, how the hell are you going to do that? And it's like, you know, of course, everybody would be like, well, yeah, who the hell's Spider-Man? Like, how would you know Spider-Man type of thing? Um, yeah, ne- neat little touch.
2: <laughs> he could have said, I, I knew him from other...
1: Yes, that would have been made some sense, right? <laughs> so I think there's one snack we can all agree on. We need some type of real, dense, haze garlic spray. like Like a fire extinguisher filled with, like, garlic aerosol or something like that just to i don't know get rid of vampires or 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 spray at angry customers i love those garlic sprays we we
2: we needed like an automatic spraying system that sprays you to check if you're a vampire on the (laughs) way and then if so if you're either a vampire like if it kills you you're either a vampire or allergic to garlic (laughs) (laughs)
1: like right at the the entrance threshold there's one of those like breeze sprayer things, but on a bigger scale, and you're just, like, walking through a mist of garlic type of thing.
2: <laughs> at the end, we're like, you can still breathe. Like, I'm not a vampire. Like, we know that
1: now. <laughs> so is this kind of saying, at the same time, Ben, you don't want vampires in our restaurant? I just want to know who they are. Okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is the equivalent of the Salem Witch Trials. It's like, but aren't you going to kill them? Well, then you don't have to worry, then, if you're not one. <laughs> <Yes>. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah
2: definitely this is the salem vampire trials with <laughs> nice. the cinemodity vampire trials
1: yes yes i dig that <laughs> trial by garlic <laughs> another one i had i want to take the punisher's battle van but repurpose it and make it like the delivery van for the Cinemodities restaurant you know like like the chick-fil-a car or something like that and when it gets to the place where it has to deliver the food it shoots the delivery at the customer's location out of its sunroof what do you think we <laughs> so use this inside the building or is this
2: for like takeout orders
1: something? this this would be like for actual delivery so we would be like in other places in new york we would we would drive like this would be outside the restaurant
2: i i think that we should have a smaller one inside the restaurant and replace all the wait staff with with them whoa that's
1: a that's a big change and then so i like it though maybe not total replacement but i like maybe the, just the idea ben of this little thing like flinging your food at you when it gets to your table
2: oh well and yeah it's you fl- it can fling your food but i also would love to see like a an actual gun out of the front of it like hitting customers
1: with like cheeseburgers <laughs> Like a, like a, a burger cannon instead of a t-shirt cannon or something like that.
2: Right. Yeah. Nice. And, it, and if you order fries, it's like a, we make jokes about it being a potato gun. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, there's so, so many things we
0: can do with this, I think. Isn't, isn't there like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing where like, it's a truck that shoots pizzas?
1: Definitely. Okay.
0: Definitely. So it's something like that. Yeah, but
2: but it's, like, out of an actual gun, and it's automatic gun speed. <laughs> whenever whenever it's delivering fries, it shoots them at you one fry at a time, Ooh, 60 oh. fries a second. I
1: Okay, I like that, Ben. <laughs> I also, like, what if it's just, like, you know, like a cannon, we have to load, we load the food, and it goes to the table, shoots it. But if they order French fries, we load a whole potato in and put on the French fry attachment, which is a tennis racket at the end of the gun barrel. <laughs> Uh, I I was thinking
2: a little more involved than that. So we shoot it through, like, we actually cut the fry off the potato and then shoot it through hot grease. (laughs)
1: Like flash cooking it?
2: (laughs) It flies at them freshly cooked. That's what I'm thinking.
1: (laughs) I dig that. But now now that we're talking, I like your idea of, you know, shooting it like, you know, machine gun rate. We could do that with uh, cigarettes. If somebody orders cigarettes, maybe for the whole table, we just shoot a bunch of cigarettes at them with this thing. Uh, You know,
2: I want it to shoot fast and hard like i want people to hide from this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it could be great like we could we could solve so many lawsuits with this people yes. be like i'm gonna sue and then we shoot them with it like a whole potato <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm also imagining like this this little van thing gets to a customer's table and they they somehow know what to expect and they like flip the table over and use it as a barrier or something like that
2: <laughs> you know they could know the actual keywords just like tactical van deliver food nice mode go yes, the yes. <laughs> like the, it's it's like the in and out hidden menu it's just hidden commands that make your food delivery less painful
1: oh yeah okay i dig this yeah well but like... if you say I'm wrong it makes it more painful so like, you gotta be careful definitely uh, yeah i like this there's a lot we can do with that okay yeah the uh, the tactical food delivery van or whatever we want to call it <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> what did you guys have for the restaurant
0: well, I had I, – okay, obviously the garlic bomb being the, the lowest low-hanging fruit. So cool. <laughs> uh, so I want – no, I want to do is that like if you have any dish and a customer asks if they want, like, oh, can I have a little more garlic with this? What we do is we give them the garlic grenade and they like, they have to like, pull, like put it in the middle of the dish like on the table and just pull the pin. It has like what? Like a, like a two-yard radius. Okay, That's what I want, not just like the way of cleansing the restaurant of, of vampires. I want it as a condiment delivery um, service. Okay,
2: I I like that. And just I want to add to that, that occasionally we can have our wait staff throw them across the restaurant at the (laughs) customer that ordered them. Nice. And, you know, can garlic up their food and their clothes. Oh, of course.
1: The, uh, the garlic thing is so cool in, in these episodes i'm so on board I, with that
0: <laughs> well one thing we didn't bring up and definitely this is gonna be in a restaurant i like that blade has a lightsaber it's essentially right? like a sword. oh yeah <laughs> i think we should have that like you know like they'll have like carving stations for like different like types sure. of like meat i think instead of giving like a knife we should just have like a little mini lightsaber like blade <laughs> solid with it <laughs>
2: Do, do we already have jousting in the restaurant? If so, we need motorcycle jousting too. Okay. <laughs> uh, because I think Spider-Man refers to Blade as like a knight on a motorcycle or a samurai on a motorcycle, something like that. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I also think that we need to reconsider how we deliver pasta dishes, and we need web shooter delivery of pasta dishes. So anytime someone orders spaghetti, we send wait staff over to their table and just, like, shoot Ooh. webs at them, web spaghetti at them.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. Like, imagine, like, like we have, like, like, an item like that. And instead of have to go to the kitchen, how much more convenient it would be if we have that, like, we make all of our waiters have, like, gauntlets. They're right. pasta shooters. And they just sit there and do that. Like, do you want fettuccine or angel hair? <laughs> and they just do it like that. It's kind of brilliant. It's kind of... <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. And then they, they would have to carry sauces around with them. Uh, and then... Well, we're never, we don't care about actual inspections. I was going to say we should probably give them some kind of heating element to keep the sauces at a certain temperature. But it's never going to matter since we have the typewriter that makes us pass
0: inspections. Yes,
1: yes, of course. The word processor of the gods. Typewriter <laughs> that
0: makes us pass inspections. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. I was, uh, for a second there, I'm like, is he, is he talking about the word process? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <And it's laughs> <like,
0: laughs> oh
1: that's oh, like, good how
0: about this then? how about this like we have the equivalent of like there's a backpack they have to wear and there's heating agents in the backpack so it gives the employees like scalding burns and trying to keep all these different sauces at different temperatures and that's what we have like and, and that is like different like little hoses like coming at like there's gotta be some like oh god like what uh the spider-man villain scorpion like like something like that maybe yeah. like, like a giant contraption yeah. on their back there's like a giant like hose that likes like like, oh god, what? Like an eight foot hose that like wraps around them and then they have to like do that? I <laughs> know that would work.
2: And I they the hose that the sauce goes through is all the same. The sauce that comes out is just determined <laughs> by a button that's pressed. So it's <laughs> it's like when you use one of those like soda machines and you're like, Well, I'm definitely getting some like Pepsi mixed in with my Dr. Pepper. Because yep. the person before me, i
0: you're gonna get some red sauce mixed in with your Alfredo. It's just someone's like you got marinara in my alfredo and the waiter's like that's my blood
2: (laughs) that's that's i it's not cheese that's skin you should (laughs) um, but no so i'm i'm vibing with it so we got we got wait wait staff with spaghetti shooters we have other wait staff walking around with like scorpion tails that deliver pasta sauce onto the spaghetti um whenever they're not dealing with customers they can pretend they're fighting and shoot, like, spaghetti at each other. And, like,
1: oh, yeah, that'd be a great, like, on, uh, thing to happen on a stage, like, on our animatronic stage. Like, there's an event where we have, like, uh the pasta sauce battle or something like that. Oh, my God.
2: And then we... So, we definitely have to have, like, he starts on a second story, and he shoots his, his pasta web, and he, like, grabs a hold of it and jumps off, and then the pasta breaks because it's pasta. <laughs> and, Perfect. And, and he, and he hits the ground and dies, and somebody... Somebody else walks in from off stage dressed just like him. And like so like a couple people like dressed in black to match the background just drag the
1: dead body off the stage. Definitely.
2: Definitely. <laughs> and, and then the and then the scorpion uh you know shoots him with like hot pasta sauce and gives him like third degree burns. It's not going to be good to be Spider-Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a punishment for whoever has to, ever has to play Spider-Man. Yeah.
0: And somehow uh, it's still a less dangerous uh, activity than Spider-Man turn off the dark. <laughs> the, I guess
2: the only, the only way for the Spider-Man actor, and this is actually a test of his skills to see if he is good enough, is if he can make a pasta shield using his web shooter
1: to protect him from the sauce. <laughs> that would be pretty interesting to see a pasta shield.
2: <laughs> uh, and it turns out that's basically impossible.
1: <laughs> nice. nice. I'm sorry. Im- Impostable. Im- ah, <laughs> the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> okay. Any other snacks? That was a good, that was, we just went hard on the, on the pasta delivery system, Ben. So thank you. <laughs> We've introduced a lot of new delivery systems in this uh, this next section. Yeah. Uh, any other from music? No,
0: I, I, I am all tapped out after that. I think the
1: only other one I had was just another easy one. Just plasma. Just eat some plasma, I guess. <laughs> How are we going to deliver it? Uh... it comes out of one weight like the weight staff comes over and it comes out of their hand and the customer has to absorb it through their hand or something like that Uh, do we give
2: them like weird little suction cup things on (laughs) their palm?
1: yeah yeah delivered only through high fives or something like that (laughs) all right well if that's it I I guess that brings us to the end of this huge spider-man series Um, I think Zach you know jumped the gun on me we're gonna end this with the 1994 song or theme song in reverse here's from Joe Perry. Zach, would you like to say what's happening next week and next month?
0: Well, if I haven't already alluded to it a bunch in this series, we are (laughs) doing The Matrix. Yes. uh, Which will conclude in The Matrix Resurrections, um, which is except for that episode been re- recorded in, in its entirety already. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, Matrix month. All sorts of stuff. A lot of Rob just uh, explaining Matrix continuity to everybody.
1: Oh God, yes. I, I have been thinking about the Matrix nonstop since I saw it when I was younger and this is, I finally get to explain the entirety of the franchise. <laughs> it's a doozy. It's a, I guess we should take that clip from uh, the Spider-Man MCU like we said and say, hey, you know, get ready for the best four hours of your life life, you know, <laughs> in yeah, front of each episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I, I guess that's it. Uh, thanks for Spider-Man. Ben, this was a good series. I'm glad you guys picked it. Um, And uh, and we'll reconvene for No Way Home. That's the next time we'll talk some Spider-Man. Yeah. Three, what? Three, four weeks? Something like that. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see some MCU nonsense again.
2: We should bookmark the episode with Patreon shout outs. So, yeah, come check out the
1: Patreon. Definitely. Come
2: check out the commentaries. Absolutely. Um, they are a hoot (laughs) maybe even a hoot and a half Uh,
1: I would I would say so Uh, there's a lot of fog so check that out (laughs) (laughs) yeah check out the Patreon uh, definitely and um, you know uh, if you give us any feedback about those commentaries please give them a listen let us know anything you like you don't like Um, something that you know Ben and I and Zach you know Zach and I did the elves commentary way back when we like doing that stuff so if we uh, if we can start doing it more it'd be pretty fun so yeah right on right on I, I guess that's it for Spider Man. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm all spidered out.
2: <laughs> Back to the Spider Month has reached its end.
1: Yes. Happy Spider Man's giving to all. As okay. As Zach hasn't jumped in yet, I, I thought he news. was going to say. <laughs> so, I, I thought you
0: were going to say Zach, so long to the Spider Cast. <laughs> out of the Spider Cast into the Cinematis Restaurant. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs>